I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and today my guests are Pat Atwell and Josh Raby. Pat is currently the athletic director at Culver Stockton College in Canton, Missouri, but spent part of his career working here at Quincy University. And Josh is a QU alumnus and the current QU head baseball coach. In today's episode, Pat and Josh will share their road to QU and tell how their paths crossed. So Pat and Josh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Pat, let's start with your story. What brought you to Quincy University? It was a pretty life-changing event for for my wife and I. Um, the baseball coach here's name was Jim Pransky. I knew him. Wasn't that happy coaching at my alma mater. They took some money. I was the head coach there, and we had very little scholarship money, so I made some calls. They had a job opening here, so I came out, interviewed with he and Cheryl Hanks, uh, the AD at the time, and also part of it was assistant soccer coach. So I was assistant baseball coach, assistant soccer coach with Jack McKenzie, which was phenomenal for my career. While I was interviewed, my wife got a job in town, just walked into Quincy Medical Group because she was a lab technologist and got a job. So yeah, she actually had one before me. Uh, so that was 1990, and honestly, it was we had our kids here. It was the, the best thing that could have ever happened to us. It was, it, like I said, it was a life-changing career move and family move for us. It was great. And so eventually you became the head coach of the baseball team. Correct. Correct. After two years, I coached, and I co- even coached soccer one year while I was the head coach, but took over. Jim was nice enough to leave, Pransky, and uh, <laughs> become a scout. And Coach Hanks came down and must, must be didn't want to wander too far for the head coach, so just asked if I would do it. And I jumped on it. So, yeah, I took over in uh, fall of 91, spring of 92 was my first year, you know, coaching. And did that for 10 years before I became the athletic director. And that uh, was the, you know, a, a tremendous, probably I'd say the most fun part of my professional life was the 10 years coaching Hawks baseball. And so during that time, you recruited a young man from the metropolis of Menden, Illinois, Josh Raby. Josh, what made you decide to stay close to home to play baseball? Well, Matt, it wasn't like I had a lot of other options. <laughs> okay. Um, I had one person call me, and it was, uh, it was Coach Atwell. Um, you know, he, uh, he recruited me. Um, this mask is killing me. Uh, he, he recruited me, uh, my senior high school. I think he started calling me in January, February, sent me the paperwork in April. Um, my mom's like, are you going to sign that or am I? And I was like, okay. And so (laughs) believe it or not, I never took a tour of the university. I, uh, the first day, um, I went to class was the first day I stepped foot in, uh, Francis hall. Wow. Um, I didn't know where, you know, what the buildings were, uh, on our visit. We met up here at North Campus in the in the conference room. After you were sitting in your office, we went and ate at the coach house, and you took me in Memorial Gymnasium because I'd never seen it. How about that? Well, I think our tours are a little different today. Yeah, how about that? We, <laughs> the, the coach house was always a big part of the tour, you know, yes. a, a little a little lunch at the coach house and stuff. So, yeah, a, a young man that grows up in Mendon had never been in Memorial Gym and, and really – but that tells you – I mean, times were different because you yeah. would never get – that wouldn't happen to an athlete of the level of Josh now. Right. You know, now, you know, they're well-known. But, yeah, we were very fortunate. So, Pat, what was it like coaching Josh? It was pretty easy. I mean, it. Uh, I always say, uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to speak a couple times and Josh's been inducted into Hall of Fames and things. But when uh, – and he knows this now, but when your your best player also is your hardest worker, it makes things pretty pleasant for the coach. So – uh, I got to Josh always wanted to to know the nuances to get better. We we talked a lot of ball. He rode shotgun with me. 
which isn't really cool for guys sometimes to ride with a coach, you know, when, <laughs> and we were vans, like this is pre buses. We weren't in buses. We're in vans, like three or four vans going down the road. J- Josh would jump in right shotgun and we'd talk a lot of baseball and a lot of intricacies, but Josh, I mean, if there was some little thing he could tweak to make him a better outfielder, he wanted to know. There was some little thing he could tweak to make him throw a little better. He wanted to know. And so he worked hard on his own uh, and very goal driven. If he had three hits in the game, he wanted four. You know, if he wanted to to steal more bases this year, he wanted to learn a little bit more about how to get a lead, how to get a jump. So if there was anything that was out there for him to learn to be better, and he was a guy obviously very gifted um, with a lot of God-given ability, but a lot of work added to the God-given ability. So it was pretty pleasant. I got to be honest. He was a great leader for us. Wait a second. Let me add to that. So <laughs> we, we we ride in uh, the uh, the vans, and, yeah, I rode shotgun my freshman and sophomore year. Junior year, I think I rode with dumps. Yes. Because uh, I don't know why. But anyway, um, we opened up at Alabama-Huntsville my sophomore year. And uh, we lost 9-4, to four, I believe. Yes. And uh, I went one for five, three punch-outs. Coach Howell did not like strikeouts. He did not like strikeout lookings. And I struck out three times strikeout looking. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting right next to him. But... I remember going to the – they played in that old minor league ballpark. Yeah, pretty nice park. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember sitting on my bag outside of the van. And you were doing something. You might have been talking to the other coach. I don't know, ordering food at a pay phone. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> there but were pay sitting, phones then. We had to do yeah, it that way. Yeah, we had way. pay phones. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I just remember sitting there. I'm just like, man, what am I going to say? Got to say something. Got to say something. Got in the van, and, uh, you know, he puts a seatbelt on, starts it up, and – I just said, won't happen again. And you go, I know. Boom, <laughs> reverse, went back to the hotel. That was it. That, yep. There was nothing else said. The 10 minutes back to the hotel, zero. Lifelong memory. Yeah. And the uh, and you used the old bat. You used the old long barrel Easton like like yeah. I used when I was in college. So we, we didn't do that anymore. They uh, they actually brought that back. They I brought like the them. color back. But, it, yeah, I didn't use it. We played Delta State, you know, next day and whatever. But, yeah, that was a – that was a bad game. <laughs> so what has kept your relationship going over these years? You guys have remained friends, uh, even though you're moved on to different things and, and different times. Yeah. Well, I, uh, can I start? Oh, why not? Well, that fear did yeah. yield to me. I mean, for me, it's just kind of, I mean, for it's just mutual respect, I think. I mean, I, I when you're recruiting somebody, like I always respected how Josh treated his parents always respected how he treated his grandparents. I mean, that was an important part of his life. I remember I remember when I was out there and men and recruiting him. And I, I wouldn't watch Josh play basketball, too, which um, he was really good, you know. And, I mean, and I'd see how he treated his, his grandparents, and they'd interact with me. And, and so you see that, and you're like, man, it's a good person. And then, you know, as we move on, obviously I respected his work ethic as a player and, and how driven he was and, uh, and, and through his professional career and how he stayed after it and, uh, as a coach and as a husband and as a father, I mean, I just respect him as a person. So it's pretty easy to have a relationship when you respect somebody. And so we, uh, we have a good time together, you know? So if that's on my end, uh, there's just a lot of respect for, for the young man that's become a, a man. I think with me, I mean, he followed me, you know, I left Q after three years, obviously he had a huge impact on me in those three years, but then, as you go on to your professional life, you know, whether it be, you know, selling cars, playing baseball, being a coach, he always was there for advice, to listen, to maybe give you an answer, 
not directly. That's who he's famous for. He doesn't give direct answers. <laughs> but but he helps you think through things. And that was very, very important, both, you know, in my development as a as a an adult and, you know, both professionally. And it was awesome. You know, Coach Atwell came and, and saw me play basically every year. Yep. And it helped that I played in Rochester, New York. That was for awesome. Five seasons. So, I grew up up there. Yeah. And, and but anyway, you know, he was just always there. And if somebody's always there for you, again, he used the word respect. You know, it's hard to not develop a relationship and 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 you know carry it on forever. It was fun for me too. I'm like my. It became something my dad and I would do together. My, we'd go my home, home Western New York. Josh played AAA in Rochester, so my dad and I, my little my little son at the time, Eric, we'd go and 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 my father in law, and we'd all go to watch him play AAA ball in Rochester. And then after the game, you know, he'd hey, Eric jump in. Eric would jump in the truck, you know, little Eric, and we'd go to an Applebee's or we'd go somewhere and have a have dinner afterwards. And he, when he was playing AA in New Britain, we, we went home. At the time, my mom and dad still, my mom, they're both living, living at home. And dad and I are like, hey, dad, while we're home, I looked at the schedule. Josh is up in New Britain. Let's go. So dad and I are road tripping up to, to Connecticut and watching Josh play up in New Britain. And those things are really, really cool, you know. And uh, the, it just made uh, it just made that whole journey. And, again, for me, because I'm living a little vicariously through them because that was my dream always. I mean, I wanted to play I wanted to play pro ball. Didn't get a chance to play pro ball. But to be a little sliver of their careers and watching them go through it was uh, was really fun and i was there the night he got his first big league hit which was awesome you know up in the metrodome and i was there don o'brien the sports editor the wig was there and i was there and i always say to see when josh walked out of the locker room gave his dad the ball from his first big league hit was one of the coolest things i've ever seen in my life and you just smile like that uh, is just pretty awesome to see uh a young man to live his dream and then hand his dad the ball, which every little kid yeah. that ever wanted to play baseball has wanted to have that moment. So, yeah, to be a little part of that was fun, a lot of fun. I remember that game, but you – I was looking up in the stands, and I saw you walking on the concourse to the lower bowl, and you walked down about three steps, and I looked at you and it went like this, and you gave me a thumbs up, and then you just turned around and walked away. I remember that like it was yesterday. Nice. So, yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Well, let's take a brief break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Josh and Pat a little bit more about uh, baseball, Quincy University, and uh, their journey. I'm Matt Bergman, and you're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. Ashley Van Camp dreamed of working as a high school counselor, but needed a master's degree to get that position. The graduate program at Quincy University provided a way for Ashley to complete her master's degree while working full-time and land her dream job. To continue on your road to success, visit quincy.edu today. Welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. I'm Matt Bergman, and today we're chatting with Josh Raby and Pat Atwell, and we've talked a lot about baseball. And, Pat, when you were the head baseball coach, you led the QU baseball team to the first GLVC championship and you were the all-time winningest coach until 2019. Yeah, what happened? Yeah, somebody else in the room took that title, and it wasn't me. Uh, what has it been like watching Josh coach? It's fun. I, I wish I could get over more. I try to get here when I can. I went and rolled in, gosh, it was a year before last. I saw the, the 
Stroud kid or whatever strikeout was it eighteen? Josh, it was unbelievable. I mean, every kid almost. So, oh, it's a blast. I mean, it, it, you know, you take a lot of pride in your job when you're doing your job. Um, so then, when you you know you leave the job and and then one of your own players takes over and then takes it to the whole another level beyond where we were able to get it, take them to the World Series. The the facilities unbelievable. Um, yeah, again, it's one of those things where you just have a lot of respect and and enjoyment for me to be able to roll over and watch Josh coach and, 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 you know, the Hawks and all, you know, our guys, Josh's teammates, they're all still Hawks. So they, they are very excited too, to, to see the, you know, the accomplishments the team's made and, and uh, it, it's pretty neat. I mean, I really enjoy it. It's something for me to, another thing for me to follow, another way to keep me connected to QU, which I like. Um, and uh, I just think he's done a great job, you know, with the team. I like the way he coaches. Josh, uh, how has Pat inspired you as a coach? Well, first of all, <laughs> um, let's retract a little bit. Um, we were at a dinner party that Coach Marty Bell hosted, and he looked at me and he goes, I think it's time for you to find another job. I did. And I said. <laughs> in, in front of Marty. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a little rude, but, you I know, said, it's all right. I said, what do you mean? He's like, you're 11 wins short of 289. And I'm like, I didn't even know it. Right. I didn't know it. And I'm like. When you're old, you know what you have. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> man, that's the all-time wins record. And he's like, yeah, time for you to move on. Yeah. And he was kind of serious. <laughs> so, but, yeah, uh, it was funny. We had a good laugh about it. Mike cooked a great meal. Yeah, and, big uh, time. Yeah, it was good. I thought maybe he'd give me a call when he tied me, like, hey, coach, I'm, I'm retiring tomorrow. Yeah. Will you come over and, you know, we'll do it. Like, no, just kept trucking along yeah. and blew right by me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, sorry. Right. You know, it's funny. I have those two baseballs. Um, they, I think, I don't even know where the tying one was at. But the, but the one to put ahead was at Drury. Right, and, which is uh, a good one to get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, I they're, they're in the basement storage room. And they are sitting on an old TV mount. And I haven't got the little glass things uh-huh. or, you know, plastic things. And I that's where I do my business stuff. Uh, I make those shoots for the thing. And uh, anyway, I turned around and look. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's where those balls are at. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a lot of nice. cards. It's a little pile. Uh-huh. You know, I've got it there. So, yeah, I'm sure one of my sons will climb up there and grab it. Oh, they'll, be, they'll be gone. Throwing it yeah. in the backyard. Mm-hmm. That, that, you know, that plush grass out there, yes. Matt, in my backyard. <laughs> They'll be out there with it, but uh, won't yeah. be able to find them. Yeah. So, what was the original question? How uh, how has Pat inspired? Yeah, he tried you? to dodge that. Yeah. 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 You need you time know, to think. Um, gosh, when you get into coaching, you know, I knew how to play, you know, somewhat, and then I've I've asked him a lot of questions, you know, both as a player and as a coach, and and you know, it's funny he alluded to a saying earlier: when your best player is your hardest worker, everything just kind of falls into place. Right. Every single year, you know who your best player is. And I always pull him to the side. And I say, hey, my college coach always told me this. If your best player is your hardest worker, we're not going to have anything to worry about. And the great ones know it. And you you know it when they kind of look at you like, am I the best player? You're like, oh, boy. You that, yeah, that's, that scares you a little. Yeah, that scares you. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> you are. You're all we got. But, uh, you know, that's that's just one of the many things he's helped me out with. You know, and we'd be here all night if I told you, you know, all the sayings, all the all the stuff to look for, all the all the nuances of, of you know, driving, inspiring, you know, motivating, stuff like that. And 
I'll be honest with you, you know, you don't get that in professional baseball. You're paid to do a service. You're paid to do entertain, go out, get hits, go strike people out, whatever. But in college, you have to do those things. You have to teach. You have to, you know, do this. And that's where I got a lot of that from was from him because when I was here, we were very, very successful. And so why would you change that plan? Yeah. Wow. It's been fun. I, I, I get a kick out of watching, talking to the guys and, and watching our guys and how they respect Josh's guys. And um, it's uh, – QB baseball has got a great reputation. So, when again, I've, I'm very appreciative of the job Josh has done. When he was playing, he came in as a freshman, and I'm hiding him like seven hole for how long? A week and a half? A week? Yeah, well, Two weeks? We, we went to Southern Indiana, seven hole, and then we went someplace else. Then we went on that Georgia trip. We right. just got our brains beat in. Man, that was bad. And then you put me in the five hole, and I hit the home run, and then whatever. The West 18, Georgia. 18 to four game. Hey, we got crushed. Right. And, uh, that one was fun. And then you came <laughs> back, and you're like, okay, let's just let's just, let's just do it. You're the best hitter. You're hitting three hole, and I know you're not. that's not going to bother you. So let's just quit fooling. You're going to get some tough pitches three hole, but I'm tired of hiding you in the south. You're going three hole. That's where you're going to hit the rest of your career. You're ready. Let's go. He's like, let's go. Yeah. But I think it was more like Josh is like, it's about time. You know, I mean, that's how Josh views the world. Like, yeah, let's go. But then on the flip side, my draft year, junior year, we were at Indianapolis, and I didn't start off too. Well, I started off good, and yeah. I kind of had a lull. And uh, he always carried around a satchel. And, uh, Pardon me, my yeah, satchel. Yeah, and so it, back in those days, <laughs> you didn't have the SID running down. You no. had the score and, you know, this and that and digital. And so, you know, it was hand stats. And so we're going out to the vans, and I never will forget this. You're like, hey. You're supposed to be a draft, right? I'm like, yeah, you know, what's coming? And he's like, do you think you're a better hitter than Justin Haley? Nice kid, light, kid. light hitting shortstop, but yeah. but actually great great kid and a great shortstop. Yeah. Okay hitter, yeah. Yeah, hitting our nine hole. Yep, nine you know? hole hitter. And, and I was like, okay. And I said, yeah, I can better hitter than him. And you go, look at this. You're only hitting like 30 points higher in juice. You're supposed to be a draft, huh? Puts in his bag, gets on a bus. I mean, it was in that tone. <laughs> And uh, we got we went we went to Northern Kentucky the next day. <laughs> I was like, okay, I better get it in gear. And you did, and I did, you know. But you know, it's just one of those things. Like he knew he had to kick the horse. You know, he had to go to the whip. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I was fine with that. I, you know, some people don't like the whip. I kind of invited it. You know, I needed that. So, and yeah. you know, I coached a guy like that named Don Miles. Right. And I always said to him, now, if if Rick's hearing this, he would just laugh. I'm like, I would say to him. Anytime you're ready to be done sucking, Dom, I'm ready. <laughs> right. You're killing us. And it never failed. He would go out and get on base four times the next game, and he'd come up, he's like, about time you said something to me. <laughs> yeah. And they're all a little different. Some you might challenge, and they just wither. And so you just got to pat them. And, I mean, you always know Josh is an achiever. So you can point out that, hey, he knew. But it's okay to hear it sometimes. Right. You know, and – Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it uh, – uh, I tried to be, you know, as respectful as I could be when telling you. But, uh, yeah, you got it. I did. I understood. Mm -hmm. That's a great segue for my next question. What advice do you have for up-and-coming coaches out there? Well, communicating is huge. And, you know, Josh, of course, I haven't coached this generation much, but, I, but I'm the AD, so I coach the coaches. Um, I think you got to set it. I don't think you can be afraid to set expectations and then have accountability for reaching expectations. I just think – People still don't mind being driven or being held accountable for their actions and for what you expect of them on the playing field and off the playing field. 
They just need to know. And, uh, and so I think it's okay. So I, th- I think it, as long as they're fair and you communicate with them. So I think it's it, for coaches to not be afraid to set some expectations of, of uh, accountability and how you play. There's a way you play. And I mean, and I've said this a million times, Josh will like, oh, God, I've heard of all these. But Tony LaRussa, uh, who you could like or not like, but he said you can't always play the game well, but you can always play the game right. So we were just adamant, like, there's a way we're going to play. If we do it, we're going to win a lot. Actually, they're going to lose a lot. That's what's going to happen. And we're just going to be around to win. That's what's going to happen. So I think I think that uh, jumps yeah. to mind. I think, you know, I man, I'm 42 now, Coach. You are. How about that? <laughs> You're Excuse Older me. than I was when I was coaching you. You're asking, uh, you know, what do you say, a young and up and coach? I, I don't – I think nowadays, you know, there's a lot of more younger and younger coaches. Mm-hmm. And and I remember early in my career here, we had – still had veteran coaches in the league. You know, the the Gary Vaughts, right. uh, Jim Brady's. And you, you always talk to them, either by phone or on the field. And I would always pick their brain. Whether you liked what they heard or not, they've done it for a long time. And whenever I see a veteran coach, I always just ask him. You know, I, I I'm like, hey man, what are you what are you guys doing over there? Mm-hmm. You might get something from them, you know. And they've they've probably seen about every situation come through their program when you've been there 20, 30, 35 years, you know. And I think I think as a young coach, you know, instead of getting the newest and greatest, sometimes, you know, it's just simple, keeping right. it simple, and you know, and 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 seeing stuff like that and. Man, I Jim Brady would talk to you the whole BP if you didn't get away from Absolutely. him. Absolutely, and and you know, and you know he's he's passed, but man, it, just different resources, veteran coaches. Just ask them. You know, how do you motivate these guys? You know, you're 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 like their grandfather. You know, and I'd ask him that, and he's like, "Well, Josh, you know," and it, we'd go on and on, and it was good. You got good information. Gentlemen, this has been fun. This has been a, a good time. Um, and uh, thank you for sharing some of your stories and advice with us and the people out there that are listening to this podcast today. So thanks uh, for being here today. I appreciate it. Appreciate you asking, uh, asking me. And uh, it's always fun to spend some time with Josh. And uh, I had a great time. Thank you. I'm a little disappointed, Matt. You didn't ask Coach Atwell one Buffalo Bills question. They are having <laughs> a tremendous year. Eight and three, man. Eight and three. <laughs> there you go. Could be nine and two, but, you know, we can't defend a Hail Mary. But, that's, yeah. you know, it's all right. Yeah. It's good to see. They got I came I came into this building after losing four straight Super Bowls, everyone on a Monday, and my team was terrified in the mood I would be in, which wasn't good, but, I, you know, I never took it out on them too bad. <laughs> hey, so his son, Eric, how old is he now? 24? 24. 24. So in North Campus Gym now where, you know, we have a hitting facility now, we were putting up a cage one day, and he was probably like three or four, and he had this little purple bat, <laughs> TPX, and he would always go hit. And Eric took a swing, and he hit Coach Atwell in the knee. Oh, it hurt. Eric wouldn't have saw 24 years old if we were not in that building. <laughs> the, the, the reflex reaction when you get hit in the knee with an aluminum bat might not have been, been oh, good for Eric, but the man. fact that there were 25 dudes in the gym, yeah, oh, I awesome. had to just grunt and be like, oh. Got me good. Eric. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And they all remember the purple bat. Purple Eric bat barely bat. does. I do. But they all do. Like it was yesterday. Because <laughs> we still had the tile floor in there. Absolutely. And you, I don't know who put it down. You bought the turf. Somebody put it down. So we had an actual place so you didn't slip and slide as a hitter. Right. You know. That was and, big time for us at that oh, point. Oh, heck yeah, it was. You know, and then you had to 
I put the cage, and then, you know, we had a couple lights out and right. whatever. But, yeah, I never will forget that, Eric. Every time oh. I see him, you know, I always think of his purple bat. You're doing really well in this life, Eric. You, you <laughs> I got, got to here. Yeah, you got <laughs> exactly. to here. Exactly. I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, sorry to, sorry no. to run on. Yeah. No, we, no, no. We have a few of those. Yeah. I'm sure. We, we could be here all night. Probably. We could. Yeah. Well, Pat and Josh, thanks for joining us today. And be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest where we talk to alumni, faculty, staff, students, and friars and learn about their QU journey. I'm Matt Bergman, and it's always a great day to be a hawk. On behalf of Quincy University and QU Alumni Relations, thank you for listening to From the Hawk's Nest. If you like the show and want to know more, check out quincy.edu or please leave us a review on iTunes.